brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What is up? Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel. I've got Joel here. I've got Dennis here. And man, it's just a follow-through morning, right? Continuation from yesterday's sell-off. Um, I, I'm thinking that it's mostly just the bond market, right? Bond yields keep on rising, and that's what's doing us in here this morning. We'll talk about why the market went down yesterday um, and what that means for today. The big story of, of today's session is going to be the release of the FOMC minutes from the last meeting, uh, although the question is, did uh, Lael Brainerd's comments from yesterday foreshadow the minutes from today or do the two not jive? That's the question of the day. Uh, we'll talk about, we'll break down this market. We'll talk about why we're trading down. We've got the airlines to discuss as well. I want to talk about Rivian for a second because they have some lofty production goals for the year that they reaffirmed this morning. So we'll talk about that. We'll answer questions from the chat. And Joel Kulina, head of technology, uh, telecom, and media tra uh, trading at Wedbush, will join us at 835. So here we go. Do me a favor. Smash that like button. And let's get started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Mr. Joel, good morning. Good morning, Spencer. Uh, let's do a quick recap of the uh, the futures and get to some stocks here. Uh, S&P's, uh, we took out some major support last night, and uh, I don't want to tell anybody where the next level is on my sheet for support because I don't want to scare anybody. Uh, we have crewed up a buck twenty six and one hundred three twenty two. The spoons are down forty forty five at seventy five and a quarter. Just a just a step down seller here going back there. Just foot on the pedal and just lower highs going all the way back on the fifteen minute. Uh, gold down 420, 19, 23, Silver down 28 cents, 24, 26. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, that's taking a hit too. This down 1295 at 44,900. And Ethereum futures are going the same way, a little bit more on a percentage basis. They're down $158 at 33.12 point five zero. So, uh, Dennis, you had, you had a couple days of, uh, inactivity and uh the things heat up a little bit last night for you uh not so much last night it was actually pretty quiet but it's heated up this, this morning. morning so yeah we were actually trading up by eight o'clock it was really a nothing burger last night too hoping for more volatility tonight though because it was a slow after hour session here but 
here we go. I mean, everybody wanted a pullback, you know, They're like I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. And we talked about, you know, this yesterday. So many people reaching out to me saying, what are you doing? You have so much cash. I'm missing the boat. Um, you got a pullback now. You got a two-day pullback. Thanks to Brainerd here. If you want to get in stocks, if you are underinvested, I'd use the opportunity to probably start to get into some stocks. But again, don't rule out the possibilities that you just witnessed a pretty vicious bear market rally and that those lows could be retested. So again, nobody knows anything. If they tell you this is what's going to happen, stop listening to them because they don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a very headline-driven market. We get, you know, talks oh, of a yesterday. ceasefire, oh, changes everything. Yesterday, talk about the turn on a dime yesterday. Dennis, we talked about it. was all branded. It was, and and I got smoked on it, and then boom, it just turned. It was so quick, such a quick turnaround, mm. and it was something that you know is really it wasn't new information. And I think it kind of makes people uh, on edge today, right? We had the Fed minutes, correct? And uh, there, she just you you got the Fed minutes yesterday. I mean, it's already out there. So sometimes get stocks get hit, they come out with you know. They guide lower, they get hit, they come out, they actually are lower where they guided, and they get hit again. That's kind of the environment that I think we're in with the Fed here. And uh, we have what time are those minutes at? Two o'clock today? Two, or 2 p.m. Yep, 2 p.m. Eastern time is when we'll get the minutes. Um, I mean, the consideration here and why, you know, people can say, well, why now? Why the markets sell off? Brennard, usually one of the more dovish uh fed officials here yes. so that's concerning when you lose that too i mean oh, everybody seems to be on the we need to attack inflation problem which they do and the market the market is just so like like they talk and i tweeted this yesterday by real the market prices nine months out give me a break this is the most irrational market that i What were the algos thinking that they weren't going to raise interest rates? I mean, it's just common sense right now that hey, yeah, interest rates are going up. So just because market rallies doesn't mean interest rates are going up. So we have to look at the picture. Some issues, some comments in the chat that we're having some audio issues. I'm not hearing it on my end. So what I'm going to do is drop y'all a bunch of links to our stream on other platforms, but keep on going. Let me just see uh, if I'm hearing. I got yeah. I got um, There oh, is oh, it is. audio issues. Um, StreamYard Direct, it's not for publisher. So uh, the other recommend if you want, maybe check out the Twitter version. I'm going to check yeah. out to see if it was on Twitter. Mitch, also. Mitch, Mitch, can you do me a solid and put put the link uh, for Twitter? We'll to, do it. I'll uh, pin it how many people watch us on Twitter? Not many. Uh, not, <laughs> many. Like, not many. <laughs> I'd say like less than 100, but there's still some people that watch it there. Yeah, oh, here I'm gonna drop it in the chat. Can we restart the show? Like, would uh, that help, or you oh, think it's tough. just? I, I don't think it's a. Uh, it's an, it, the issue may be out of our control. So, uh, 
here. Let me just do this right now. All right. Um, if it's because uh, I could always I could pop it on my channel too. To take a minute or two. To yeah, send it I don't. One thing that we can do, Spencer, is if you want back out right quick and come right back in, it should change the host internet, and then that might fix it. It'll switch to either Den. It'll switch to mine now. They say it's good now. Somebody okay. said it's good. Okay. Um, okay. If you're, I'm, if, gonna, I'm if, just going to check on my end. If, if you're having problems, I, I uh, see that comment right there. Click the I, link in the chat. <laughs> I think we're good. Okay. So for whatever reason, apologies, StreamYard. <laughs> this was not our issue. You guys were hearing me fine. It wasn't a mic issue. It was literally no. StreamYard. I don't so know. It was bizarre. On. They're usually pretty good, though. So, you know, we'll give StreamYard a break. You know, obviously, audio issues happen. We see it on CNBC pretty much every day. So, I mean, we're pretty good. So, anyways, yeah. So, my rant was just, and I don't know, maybe they never heard nothing. You know, I don't know if you heard, guys heard anything here. I can start over from the beginning. But I, I was just saying in the beginning here, um, taking it back, that, you know, we've got a significant sell-off here now. And if you were complaining two days ago about, you know, missing your chance to get in stocks, you're getting a chance here now. Think about maybe a 50% retracement on some of these. Like, let's go to ARKK, which is the stocks that everybody wants to own. At least they wanted to own them Monday. So $52 was the low of the move. Take us up to $72, Joel. So that's a 20-point move. A 10-point retracement of that would be 62 bucks. So we literally can talk in two days about a 50% retracement of the ARKK move. So don't tell me they don't give you a second chance. Am I loading up on these? No, because there's a lot of other underneath the hood concerns here. So that's why I've challenged this rally the whole time. Bought a couple of stocks and everything I bought was bad. So that's telling you that, you know, it's not like this is a rah, rah, bull market. We buy stocks and make money. I bought AMD, got up 13 points in it. It turned around. They pulled the rug out from an, in three days. Um, I also bought... A couple other stocks. I think I bought three stocks like during this course of this rally, three or four for the long-term portfolio. I think I'm down every single one. So they, it has not been like, oh yeah, buy stocks. We're back in this raw, raw bull market. It's been if you're chasing stocks, you're losing money. So you know, a bit of FOMO. I probably shouldn't have bought any stocks, but obviously I was sitting on 52% cash. I brought it down to 44%. It looks like to be a mistake at this time. So, but maybe. If you're sitting on a lot of cash and you're looking for a pullback here, maybe use that 50% retrace. Maybe look at some of those growth names um, at, you know, when ARC gets down to $62, if it gets down to $62. What are your thoughts here, Joel? I think you're just in uh, just kind of a, a, a wide open area here. So I, I don't think that, you know, just looking at what we did at the beginning of March here, I, I mean, maybe on the individual issues, Right, you can take a look at things, but to me, I mean, we were, you know, I was trying to, you know, keep, you know, the the kind of bullish hat on, you know, we were holding forty five hundred, we hold, we were holding forty five hundred. We, I thought we were going to crack it on Friday, I thought we were going to crack it on Monday, I thought we were going to crack it on Tuesday, and then lo and behold, you know, when everyone's sleeping, they do, they they crack it. So for me, unless you get back over forty five hundred now. I mean, this, is, this thing's wide open on the downside. I don't and, think this is the place to, to be, unless you got an individual issue that, you know, a setup that you're liking. Yeah. But just from a broad market perspective, 
I mean, that was a, you know, you look at the air that you had on the way up, but I think it could just as easily go back down there. So I don't think it's time to step in here yet. I didn't, I didn't add on the, you know, on the sell-off. I didn't add, you know, you, Dennis, you did it after the actual lows were made. You did, you know, it was up from the lows. And so I'm not, I didn't I added add three the- stocks off the lows and it was a mistake on all yeah. of them. AMD, um... I can't remember what else there, and I've I've still got them. AMD, but I'm you read them all, like yeah. three growthy type names, you know, and and simply because you know you got everybody preaching at you and saying, hey, this is you know we're we're missed it, we missed it, we missed it. I was like, I'm still with a lot of cash, you know, it's potential that we have missed it. You don't know anything, so re-adding to stocks, but it looks like you know those three stocks that I somewhat chased. I mean, AMD was a hundred bucks, and I bought it on one thirteen. It went to one twenty five. But look how quickly they pull the rug out from under you. And if you want to see quickly pull the rug out, let's move away from this. Look at the IYT. This is nothing short of incredible. Here you have, you know, the IYT, which is obviously FedEx, UPS of Transports. There's a lot of stuff in there. But look at the three-day sell-off in the IYT. This is freaking vicious. Because this is not your growthy types. Like a lot of these names are lower PE multiples in here. And we just went from 275 on the IYT to 251 Well, I, in I, three I, trading I, sessions. I, we should know that the IYT is pretty top-heavy. It's like almost it's almost 40% Union Pacific and UPS, UNP yeah. and UPS. And UPS, so, let, let's talk both those stocks. I mean, yeah. here are two stocks that everybody was rah-rah bullish. The rails, like Union Pacific, looking at that one, made a new all-time high. Made a new all-time high three, four trading sessions ago, 278. Boom. It just gave back three weeks of gains in three days to 250. Don't tell me this is a raging bull market. Don't tell me like that. You know, there is a lot of damage under the hood. And if you go to your new 52-week lows, Citigroup, new 52-week low. Your home builders, new 52-week lows. KB Homes, Lennar, um, you know, there's a, there's a few other ones in there too, but you can just see that there's not just buying across the board. There was buying in Apple, there was buying in the mega caps, but when you look and stop and look under the hood, there's a lot of damage here still happening. Not even damage that had occurred. There's still damage occurring. That UPS sell-off is something wicked. Like that's a conservative stock. That's a that's a stock that doesn't move. It's 3.1% dividend. It's a lower moving stock. That's not even news. There was a downgrade in there, but that's not like they, you know, cut guidance. Yeah. I mean, you just watched UPS fall 10, 12% in four trading sessions on a on one downgrade. There was one downgrade in there, which came like two days later. So, I mean, you got to be somewhat careful with just, you know, saying, okay, yeah, we're going right back to the highs because we've said this before. You know, the market is ignoring and it's been climbing the wall of worry, but it's ignoring everything. Yesterday, Brainerd just gave a fresh reminder that, hey, Inflation is still here, and interest rates are still going up. And the market's like, what are you talking about? Oh, I thought we were buying this. That's how stupid the market is. So use those opportunities if you're too heavy to lighten up. If you're too light on stocks, maybe use the dips. Maybe still buying dips and selling rips is still working. It's been working all year, and I guess that still continues to work. But to predict this market out, what it's going to be doing after the Fed minutes today, who knows? It might be like, okay, well, there's a little more dovish than Brainerd was talking, and then it's going to rally and rip your face off. Or maybe it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, they're really hawkish. I mean, we don't know. 
So just trade what's in front of you. But the main thing in this 2022, and I can say, is don't chase moves. Don't just get the FOMO going. I got to get in because you know what? That's how you get in a trade like UPS. I got to buy it now. It's never going back to 200 again. And three days later, it's back at 200. I think one thing you're looking at the UPS, I mean, besides their employees, I mean, what do you think one of their biggest expenses is? Oh, it's fuel. It's, yeah. I mean, that's a huge consideration here. Why? But why? Why does the, you know, the the rails ignore it for this long? Why all of a sudden are we concerned about this stuff? You know, like IYT almost made a new all-time high five sessions ago, like not far from it. Like we're talking about like 2% off an all-time high. Why? Why did they ignore it all? And now why is all of a sudden they're saying, oh, my goodness. Oh, UPS uses fuel. Oh, my goodness. The rails use fuel. Right. It does make sense, Joel. But is the market this stupid? I'm honestly asking that question. Is the market this stupid? Right. Because it's not as if anything really changed in the oil markets in the last couple of days. I think you have so many uninformed participants in this market, like people who absolutely don't know what they're doing, including a lot of the big institutional money managers that, you know, even the analysts. I mean, let's let's give Wells Fargo, who is the analyst that just upgraded every tech stock in the world when initiated by two days ago on every single tech stock in the whole world? Shopify, it was 730, Square. There was a note, and it was like 25 stocks, and they initiated buys on all of them. They top-ticked all those stocks. Shopify is down 50 points in one day after they made that rating uh, to buy. I mean, the analysts don't know what they're doing either. So, you know, you're taking advice from analysts. You're taking advice from your people on CNBC. Yeah, it was, um, there was actually a, a two, was two different notes, both from Wells Fargo. One of them was on retail. One of them was on tech. And they were both... Uh, broadly speaking pretty bullish although the retail they're all bullish they all this is and and this is one thing to consider when you listen to the analysts very few sell ratings out there they yeah. don't put sell ratings on stocks very often mostly buys it's their job to be bullish the markets the markets are supposed to go up in the long term but you know how quiet we were remember how quiet we were for like the first two months no analyst ratings because we're going down the analysts are like hold those notes hold those notes we get a little bit of stabilization we start to get a rally and then they all start coming up with their upgrades and they just top tick them all again so use you know don't take advice from just random people even if they're analysts and you think they know what they're doing because most of the time they're not going to do any better than you these money managers probably aren't going to do any better than you either the one thing you can just say in this environment is that 2022 has given you a chance to get back in your stock again and again and again. And you think you missed it. You think it's going back to all-time highs, and then they pull the rug out from under it and again. I could have bought my AMD at 100 a couple of times. I chased it up and bought it at 112. So, again, dead wrong. It's coming back. It's retesting 100, maybe today. I mean, it's 103. We're right there. You're three, four times down here. It looks like crap now. Like it looked good when it was trending higher, and you're like, okay, thinking that maybe this can get going, and now it completely looks different. So it's your monthlies, you know. It's it's you almost got to do look at the monthlies. Yeah. Yep. When you there was these- no real reason to come and be a hero on any of this stuff. I mean, even that bottom right corner, it looks like you're consolidating around this hundred and eventually going to crash it out. And here I'm completely talking against my book because I just bought the stock, but. I, you know, I, I'm ticked off at myself for it. So, you know, 22 years I've been trading. I still get FOMO too. And I'm like, maybe I didn't miss it. Maybe everybody on my Twitter feed is right. 
maybe I do need to buy some stock. So I look up for something that didn't go. And I think it was like 111 or 112. And you know what? I was right for three days on AMD and it went to 125. But the market just like boom, 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 boom. And it's gone. It's like that, you know, South Park, you know, um, that South Park commercial. And we're going to invest your money and it's gone. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. That's what this market feels like. So again, day traders paradise, investors nightmare. That's it. Um, I I want to note that yesterday the the Nasdaq was down more than two percent. Um, at the rate we're going, by the end of this month, actually, frankly, maybe by the by the end of next week, we'll have more two percent drops in the Nasdaq this year than we've had in any year in the last twenty years. At the rate we're going, because we've already had um basically an average, and this is from Joel Kalina who will be on the show uh, in, in a few moments here. We've had 20 days this year where the NASDAQ 100 fell more than 2% in one day, um, which is basically four times as many days as last year. All of last year, it's only April, and the most since 2008. So um, just choppy market. Chop, but chop, but chop. again, so we just went on a bearish rant here. But let's take in, you know, put it in perspective here. We just had a significant sell-off in, in ARKK and a lot of stocks. So you're getting an opportunity if you really believe that you know the interest rate situation, that inflation is going to get in check, and the Fed's not going to have to raise rates maybe as aggressively as the market's predicting, and maybe the Ukraine situation you know de-escalates, or even we get some type of ceasefire agreement. You're buying stocks today, if you believe that, if that's your narrative. You should be buying stocks today, if that's your narrative. It's not my narrative. That's why I'm still sitting with 44% cash. But, you know, will I look and bring it down to 40% cash at a certain point in time? Maybe. Maybe I'll find some, you know, something that I want to buy. I mean, some of these stocks, even like Karen Feinerman is making a good argument to buy UPS. I mean, here's a stock that doesn't historically move 25 points in four trading sessions. You know, maybe, you know, it's an opportunity, but then you look at the longer term chart, like Joel says, and you think, well, I don't know. This is a hundred dollar stock two years ago. It's a hundred and ninety five dollar stock two years ago. It doesn't look that cheap, you know, from relative to where it was. Yeah, you can look ahead and say the PE isn't, you know, really high, but they never are on these stocks. So tricky market, tricky investor market. I mean, once again, I mean, how many stocks look like this? You know, uh, you've had the big run up. The monthly, you know, I mean, you can give it down to 192. What was the low here? Uh, the low in uh, January, 192.74. But, uh, you know, after that, I mean, what are you looking at? You're looking at 180. I mean, I just, when I look at a lot of these charts and I, I see this, you know, this kind of momentum through here, we, you know, just such an unusual moves. And unfortunately, when, you know, you go quickly up to an area, you also can come down a lot quicker. I mean, yeah. I think we're taught, you know, the, um, the, the inflation thing is definitely, you know, bearing on us, but you know, one thing that, you know, we have, we don't have an answer to, and we're probably not going to have an answer to for a long time is, uh, is the situation in the Ukraine. And, um, you know, we, we got that pop, what was it, a few days ago when they said that they were uh, retreating and none of that. It's actually, it's actually gotten worse. So market does not like uncertainty uh, and with the uncertainty with the inflation and with Ukraine, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't look at this as like, uh, you know, 
I, I don't know. You like you're talking about buy the dip, and like I said, individual issues. But when I when I look at where the market is at, where it just came from recently, I think the dip is. You know, I think you get you. It's too early to start nibbling here. Have you raised cash? Like, where are you on your cash? Like, we, me and Joel always have some cash. Too so, much. You know, we, I've always had too I'm much. I'm never 100% invested. Right. So Coming. what oh, do you think me? you are? Spencer, I, what are I, you? Are you 100? We'll go no, to Spencer. No, not 100. No, 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 no. I See, the thing is, is that I always stay probably like, you know, 60 to 65, you know, always. So... You know, Wait. not participating as much on the way up and not getting as um, as much on the way down. So and we're it conservative stuff too. I mean, a lot yeah. of angel or dividend payers. I'm not yeah. in the super high growthy stuff. You know, and the reason for that is, I you know, I've had my butt kicked a few times. Yeah, you know? I had my butt absolutely handed to me during the financial crisis. You know, not from a trading perspective, but from an investing perspective, I can remember I was killing it trading on my day trading. I was like, I, I, I and I'm, I'm like, I'm still losing money today because my long-term investment portfolio is going down more than my day trading account is going up. So I'm like, I can't, you know, win on any of these days. And it was the same thing during the tech bubble burst. I mean, I learned the hard way in the tech bubble burst. I was a young buck. And, you know, I remember like, you know, buying, you know, making some money trading and then throwing it in like, you know, some ETFs and stuff and just watching it, you know, get slaughtered. And I had a bunch of cues. I'm like, my original cues purchase, I can remember I bought, you know, if we want to take it really far back, I bought the cues like in like 2000 at like 110 bucks. And they went down. I don't know. You can't go back that far on your chart, Joel. But I mean, after the 110 purchase, I think the cues went down like $38. I'm not joking. And, you know, and I end up buying some more down there. And my average cost basis now in the queues is like 60 or 65. But my original QQQ purchase was like $110. And I watched the queues fall like 70% after I bought them. But I mean, that's not a, a bad stock pick. That's a bad market. That's the queues. <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that can happen. I don't see that happening now because valuations aren't as ridiculous as, the, as they are, as they, you know, were back then. But don't. You know, think that you know you can't have more of a pullback than ten percent. That can occur. So the question is, where do you look, right? Because the strength is in right now. It's in utilities. It's in mm -hmm. healthcare, pharmaceuticals. It's in consumer staples. Those have all held up relatively well uh, this whole year, but especially in the past couple of days too, right? So that's where the strength is. Do you do you look there? Do you buy dips there? Obviously, you don't want to be buying dips and stocks making new 52-week lows like Citigroup and Not typically, uh, and then the home builders. But do you look at the, the the relative safety of consumer staples and utilities right now? No, because those things are all way overbought. So I think if you're looking there, you were in the dead wrong spot. Okay. I think there's a bubble in utilities and consumer staples because this market has been scared for so long. I mean, XL use at all-time highs. So as a trader, okay, we need to separate it. As a trader, yeah, maybe you know, maybe you're still buying these things because they continue to work, they continue to go up. It's seemingly like every day. But as a long-term investor, you're saying I need defense. I mean, you're buying Coke now at sixty-two dollars. You're buying your consumer staples now. I mean, I don't know. Even Procter Gamble, I would be selling Procter and Gamble. I said I would sell at one sixty-two. It went to one forty-two after I said that. It's back at one fifty-four. A second chance city here to get out of some of this stuff. They, they're getting squeezed on some of these margins. You know, they got input costs happening there, too. You know, I still said Procter & Gamble was going to get Cloroxed. 
And, you know, it almost started to do that, but then everybody starts playing defense again. The institutional money managers, the lemmings that they are, uh, for the most part, you know, just, you know, oh, need to stay invested. So what do they do? They start, you know, swapping over into other sectors because it's their mandate. And maybe it's not their fault. If they got to stay in the market, they got to stay in the market. They go move to the sidelines. The utilities is moving to the sidelines. I think it's a crowded trade. I think it's a crowded safety trade. And the reason I don't like it is you're in a rising interest rate environment buying dividend yielding stuff. I mean, the XLU's dividend is 2.67%. It's not even a good dividend. And you're hiding there. One, you're going to lose to inflation in the long run in that investment. And two is it's a crowded hiding trade. So if you're nervous about the market, you go to cash. You don't hide in utilities. Don't hide in staples. Because if they really start to get ugly, they'll hit everything. Don't kid yourself. Those stocks will get hit if it really starts to get ugly. And if it doesn't get ugly and it's going up, you want to be in the other stocks because those are going to go up a lot faster. So I see no case to be long the utilities or the consumer staples at these prices. Uh, quick question. Uh, uh, Philip Morris is holding up pretty well. But all I mean, of them, Joel. Yeah. There's a bubble in all these things. It's a, it's the institutional money manager safety trade. I think bubble look, might look be bubble might be a strong word. Are they overbought? Perhaps over. Well, it's crowded. Okay, we'll use the word crowded. This is a crowded safety trade. Okay. I think there's a lose lose. And if interest rates really are going up, I'd rather own cash. You can get you know two 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 and a half percent right now in risk free investments. You can't. So I mean, you're here looking at at you know an uh, an Altria six point eight four percent. Maybe it's a better one because the dividend is super high on that. But I mean, you're in Coke for two point eight percent. Is Coke really got the growth story going on? Is this like everybody's going and drinking more Cokes? You know, Warren Buffett is getting older here. We can't keep counting on him to drink six Cokes a day. So I I, I just think you can't hide in consumer staples if you're hiding. If you're hiding, you hide in cash. If you're not hiding. Get invested then. Buy some of the stuff. Buy some beaten down names. I think there is some opportunities in some of these beaten down growth names. Some of the valuations aren't ridiculous anymore. You know, maybe look at Facebook. I I, I have a little piece in there. I'm not saying, but again, this is not the time. I mean, 231, we just rallied from 185 to 231. Gets back down to 200. Maybe it gets interesting. Maybe look at a PayPal. PayPal's going to get here again today. Maybe it pulls back to 100 bucks. Maybe you start looking at something like that. Maybe you look at your square again. If it pulls back to like 120 or, you know, 50% retracement, think 50% retracements of the recent moves. Or just go into your ARKK. 50% retracement of the recent move would bring us to 62. That's in play today. At 64, there's a possibility you could do a 50% retracement today. We don't know, but it's a possibility. My my chop, my sound card's getting us again. Do you- uh, or, or sorry, uh, stream aired. Yeah. Do you, do you do you guys want to go to the airlines for a second here before we bring Joel on and just talk uh, about the that chaos? Yeah, for sure. Because okay, sound is back now. I don't I don't know what's going on today, guys. Sorry, it's a street, it's a platform issue, sort of out of our control here. Uh, okay, so we had this street this uh, sp- uh, Spirit Frontier merger yeah. on, the, on the table, uh, and now yesterday. The New York Times comes out uh, with your report that, that that is confirmed by the company that JetBlue approached Spirit Airlines with a takeover offer of $3.6 billion. It comes out to $33 a share. Um, and so Spirit, JetBlue, Frontier, many implications here. Wow. Bailout Central, if you're long bag holders on, you know, from Spirit Air, 
forever here. Like obviously not if you're long before COVID started, but I mean, if you bought this anywhere in the last year, you were down money basically yesterday and all of a sudden, boom, you're basically back to scratch or even up. So not surprising it stops at 28. The cash offers 33. Could that potentially happen? It could. So there's a possibility this thing could go higher here. So it's it's mm. gonna have some antitrust concerns here, though. I'll tell you that much. Like well, you got a you got an administration that wants to crack down on, uh, you know, it's it said already. You know, this administration is gonna you know start looking at some of this M and A action and crack it down on. I mean, two airlines, big ones like that, going to frontiers, obviously over there. But JetBlue save. I think they get antitrust scrutiny. Yeah, I mean, you, you know. A lot of times, if there's smoke, there's fire. We talked about that uh, yesterday. That 28, I mean, I'm still just going to look at it technically. And, you know, this 28 was your high for a couple months ago. So 28.30, you got close there yesterday. It's traded down a buck oh seven with a $33 offer on the table. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the street right there is giving your opinion on this one. And we talked, I think this broke during the... Uh, uh, during the um, uh, at the close show, and man, you can't be happy if you're a JetBlue shareholder. I, I, I mean, the airline industry is just—it's just—it's so tough. It's been—it hasn't been in a in great shape in a long time. Um, I, I think we're just going smaller planes and smaller trips and stuff. That's why I've not, I've not been bullish Boeing. Just a lot of concerns. Look at Boeing in a trading range, breaking out of the bottom of the trading range. So I think I think it was uh, I think that was a gift on that one. And the street is showing his skepticism right now, keeping it seven bucks away from there. All right, let's. I want to get our our guest thoughts on this entire conversation. Uh, Joel Kalina is a head of technology, media, and telecom trading at Wedbush Securities. Joins us uh, periodically on this show and. Um, I, I, I'm sure he has thoughts on everything we just talked about. So let's get Joel on the show right now. And Joel, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, what what are you thinking about uh, that conversation we, that we've been having here just about? Yeah. I mean, we kind of went through a lot of it here. Um, let me start with this. If you had to put cash to work, where would you, where would you put it right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at a stream here, and Mitch is saying utilities seems like the safety trade, and 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 within tech, the defensive names are the names that everyone knows, the household names, mega caps, whether it's Apple, Microsoft, and Google. I think th- those three names are head and shoulders above every other tech company. Um, you know, they just because they for for three simple reasons, they possess the combination of, of strong growth, you know, massive balance sheets, defensible moats around their business. And then on top of it, they also have enormous scale and elevated margins. So I think if, you, if you're looking for if you had to put money in the market, I think you don't want to be too cute um, and, and you have to stay somewhat defensive and be ready to kind of uh, also keep relatively tighter stop losses, which has really been the theme since the Fed shifted its message in, in late November, early December. Do you think that the comments uh, from Bringer yesterday are essentially a, a a direct forecast of what of what we will see today from the the FOMC minutes. Is that is is that uh, was that just a, a a precursor to today? I I think so. And and you guys touched on it. She's you know historically known as one of the more dovish dovish members of of, of the group as well. So 
she was she didn't hold anything back. I mean, and she clearly you know laid it all out. And, and to hear that obviously lower income households are, are getting you know, disproportionately impacted more than higher income households, yep. and, there, and there's real inflationary problems. And and you know covering tech as long as I have, when you hear a company like say, Taiwan Semi last week um, really warning about you know demand for consumer electronics falling off a cliff, whether it's smartphones, TVs, PCs. Um, you, you can't discount that. That that's a big deal. Um, you know, look at look at the recent numbers out of China as well. So JD.com uh, three three or four weeks ago, um, uh, Alibaba, Tencent. You know, Chinese consumers co- collapsing. Is that going to happen? You know, slowly creep into into Europe in, in the U.S. It, it, it's slowly starting to feel that way. Um, it's not that outrageous. Like again, inflation's at forty year forty year highs, and and we do know that consumer spending behaviors because of COVID. Which was really all out of whack because of the once in the century, you know, uh, a pandemic. You know, people were getting either the stimulus checks, they weren't traveling, they weren't spending their money on just discretionary things, going out for dinner, um, and people were buying all these electronic devices. And it feels like now that we're we're about two years, you know, past peak COVID fear. That's really just kind of when we started. It, it feels like we could be, you know, things could be heading downward into some sort of spiral. Uh, not trying to raise the the red flags or alarm bells too too violently but it's it's a pretty harsh environment you know if you ask me is there any area of tech that you think is oversold right now joel um i don't know i, I don't think you can say anything's deeply oversold anymore i think st- obviously we've had a, a, a huge you know dead cap bounce you know or, or whatever you want kind of over deeply oversold rally in the back half of march uh kind of we, we saw the you know the peak of that ended kind of on monday um, I don't think things are too deeply oversold. I think the stocks that are still 70 plus percent off their highs, uh, th- those aren't going to come back. And most of those obviously fall into the kind of SPAC category. Um, I would not be chasing any of these these business models, to say the least. Um, I just don't see that that upside. Those multiples are never going to be seen again. I mean, if you, if you look back at like Cisco, a stock like Cisco, which peaked at like, you know, $80, I think in mid 80s. Back in 2000, I think it's it's it, it only, you know, it's still yet to see those prices again or that multiple ever again. So multiples are never going to go back to kind of what we saw um, just a short while ago. Um, and then obviously we're, we're heading down the, a, a path where the Fed is is clearly, you know, stating their message that they need to control inflation for, for Main Street. And, and, and they're gonna, their policy is going to be you know geared towards, you know, Main Street versus Wall Street. And I think. Under the Trump administration, we didn't really get that type of message. But again, I think the lingering effects of COVID has created just an unprecedented scenario as well. Do you think we go into a recession because everybody, you know, doesn't want to say it? We want to hear a soft landing. We want to hear that this is going to be, you know, the Fed's going to be able to navigate this. But what are your thoughts? Do you think recession's on the table? I mean, I think it's on the table and I, I got to raise my hand. I'm, I'm definitely not a macro expert. I'm, I'm not as well read in terms of a, a historical point of view as well. So I don't want to mislead anyone. But again, if I just you hear what Brainer said yesterday and I thought her message was very clear that large pockets of the American people are going to be disproportionately suffering because of this. Obviously, the labor market you know, is, is holding up to a you know, degree. But again, it's it's just like all these bubbles that were created, whether it's there's, there's signs of unraveling and how that ripples down, you know, time will tell. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, I think it's tough to call a full out recession because again, because of the COVID coming out of COVID, you're going to see pockets of the market doing well, probably travel reopening remains a good, I, I still think a good place to be in the market. 
um, you know, unless, unless again, the job market and economy really falls apart. Um, but I think there's still, still demand for people to do, do things and, and get out there and travel probably a lot more localized trips than abroad. I know you guys touched on airlines earlier. So I think you could, the, the domestic kind of reopening plays are probably still a, a good relatively safe place to be in, in the, in the market. Um, but yeah, in terms of a full blown recession coming, we'll, we shall see. Um, I mean, all I know is that last earnings season, it, it was probably one of the worst overall that I can remember in a long, long time. Um, you know, mega was Facebook and PayPal led the plus and still, we're still seeing the names that benefited from those pandemic tailwinds. All those catalysts have now become major headwinds. And I don't see any sort of signs of stabilization, um, but you want to stick with the names that kind of weathered it. And, and again, that's Apple, kind of Microsoft. Uh, Alphabet, you know, cybersecurity names as well under the hood. And I just don't over, over, overthink things and, 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 again, just kind of be nimble. And Netflix too, Joel, never even yeah. close to recovering. Uh, speaking of earnings season, so that starts in really in a couple of weeks here. What are you watching? Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday uh, is focusing on margins, margin compression, yep. who, who has control over their margins. What are you watching? What numbers do you want to see? What specific uh, areas of the of the balance sheet or whatever are you looking are you focused on for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think I think margins are critical because I think up until really recently, a lot of the tech companies as well, where they were were feeling margin pressures from supply chain hiccups, they were able to kind of pass those those price increases along. Um, you know, especially in the semiconductor space. Well, now we're not seeing the price hikes that we got used to. You know, memory prices are now you know heading heading down again. The recovery hasn't been as robust as the bulls had hoped. Um, so margins are very key. And again, I think, you know, for, especially with, within the software cloud SaaS names, you know, Roku, I know it's not, a, obviously it's, it's more of a, just throw it into the pandemic bucket. You know what they, they told us, I mean, they told us three months ago that they over earned in 2021 simply because of accelerated demand, the ability to cut their spending and cost immediately when the pandemic hit, hit and then multiples surged. So obviously everyone benefited. So, I think you want to hear which management teams come out and, and, and obviously, you know, are genuinely kind of honest about about the the, the, the macro backdrop and, and kind of how it's impacting their business. Um, I mean, obviously, within tech, the most pain, it feels like it's going to be be seen and felt in the private side of things. Um, we always saw Instacart. They took their valuation down 40 percent. You're hearing other horror stories along those lines as well. A company called Fast. Um, I think they, they just announced they're closing their doors yesterday. Yeah. Um, not that long ago, they did 125 million raise at a, a billion valuation, despite burning through, you know, 10 million bucks a month um, in cash. So that's kind of the problem. It, it's, 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 we know these, all these kind of these tech high flying companies, you know, they've been, uh, you know, they've been able to just liquidity has been there and there's been a never ending supply of money and that's clearly drying up. And, uh, and and that's going to be something very interesting to see. And, and especially going back to earnings, sorry, on the software side, any company pretty much that announced some sort of M&A got absolutely punished. Um, again, that plays into are these cloud, you know, once cl- high flying cloud SaaS names that were just, you know, high, high flying growth names, they were kind of using M&A to maybe to mass decelerating growth. So I, I got a feeling M&A, things along the elevated spending, those type of stories are going to get pounded again. Yeah. We're on the line with Joel Kalina, head of technology media trading at Wetbush Securities. Uh, Joel, uh, you have your ear to the street, right? And yeah. talking to a lot of, you know, individual, you know, uh, institutional investors right now, uh, you know, had a surprise rally under, you know, after the expiration under, you know, 
unusual circumstances. It looks like we hit a little temporary, you know, for, to interim high here. Yep. And now, now we're pulling back. And I look at a lot of these charts and everything. It's like buying the dip. Where, where are they? Are they? It seems to be there was a lot of selling on strength going on last week. Now a little bit of selling on weakness. I just, just I'm looking at the area that we're in, just in the S and P's in general, and also some individual issues. I just, you know, looking at today. Sure, you can get some intermediate pops, but. What's the institutional money doing that, uh, let's say they missed the rally, sold yeah. a little bit more on the way up, where, where, where's, where there's interest going to lie? Well, I think I think you kind of, part of, part of your, your comments there, I think a lot of people have, in, on the institutional side had been surprised by the the resilience and the strength of, of the retail buying power. I mean, obviously, retail continues to buy the dip. Um, and, and then kind of we've been seeing the type of, the lower quality type of names that have kind of been leading, you know, over the past kind of several weeks, you know, God, I think, you you know, I think GameStop was up something like 48% over February, March, AMC was up over 50%. We saw pockets where, where Tesla went on this incredible run. NVIDIA had a huge run as well. So retail strength has been incredible. That's been, you know, an institution guy, these guys I talked to, I've uh, been very surprised by that. But I think, uh, you know, one you know consistent theme of twenty of twenty twenty two from an institutional point of view is liquidity remains terrible. So that speaks to there is a lot of sideline watching, and guys are still kind of playing in more defensive mode um, in terms of more focused on managing their existing positions, which aren't really going that well, versus looking for new ideas. And that unfortunately remains a theme within tech, um, especially. Um, you know, guys who are growth Momo guys over the past five years, then all of a sudden going to flip their switch and say, you know, what, we got to be long, you know, Cisco or Oracle or Hewlett Packard. They're still sticking with these names and they're fighting them, uh, you know, you know to, to the end. But I think activity's definitely been depressed. Um, so I think that's what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks, really de- low volumes uh, and, and kind of which it will just amplify some of the volatility, which, again, just people need to be aware of that because if stocks are moving five, six percent, it, it, it could just be one one you know player out there bullying it around. It's not because there's actually something bigger going on. Uh, Joel, since you mentioned it, you still bullish cybersecurity. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a very I think you, a, you know, very defensive kind of group. I got was actually funny enough. Look at a name like Checkpoint CHKP uh, coming into, into 2022 extremely underweight name, heavily shorted from the hedge fund community. The stock's pretty much within distance of all time highs. And they obviously just continue to benefit from enterprises and government ramping up their security spend and focus. Palo Alto is a name that I'm sure all your all your viewers are fully aware of, large cap. Uh, so it obviously has much more defensive kind of uh, uh, background to it as well. Leader in next gen security. I still think CIOs you know, security breaches is the one thing that keeps them up at night. And, and look what kind of what Okta's share price did not too long ago when they, when they, when, when, when lo and behold, a security company, you know, fell victim to a hacking attack themselves. Um, and I actually, through, through that fallout, I see a name like SailPoint on the identity side as a beneficiary of the whole Okta debacle. I just saw this uh, note from uh, Bank America this morning, sort of, Driving with what you said earlier about uh, flight to safety and the mega cap tech stocks, uh, Bank of America noting that uh, ownership of Apple among fund managers increased 7% month over month. They got a 
they got to stay invested somehow, and they got to. And yeah. the safest place to do it is, is in Mega Cap Tech. Joel Kalina is head of technology and media trading at Wedbush Securities. Joel, always a pleasure, sir. Have a good rest of your day. And guys, what, one last thing to make sure. I don't know what Nvidia is doing right now. I just want to make sure you see that uh, Cleveland was out with a negative report on Nvidia this morning. And what they were talking about is softness in the PC and gaming side and mixed signals in data center. Really the first time I think I've seen someone get a little bit more concerned on the data center side. But again, that speaks into demand on the consumer front is kind of starting to fade a little bit. So NVIDIA is one to definitely keep on the radar today. Thanks for that. Have a good cool. one. All right, guys. Take care. All righty. Thanks, yeah, Joel. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen that NVIDIA note. I mean, the whole market's down. So what, you know. <laughs> individual news on a day like this just doesn't matter. There's buy ratings. There's upgrades. The upgrades yeah. are down. I mean, I'm looking at the board and going across. Rivian is up. We did have some sales. Yeah, the the Rivian deep. thing, can we talk about that for a yeah. second? This is so interesting. So Rivian said that last quarter they uh, produce, they delivered a little over 1,200 cars in, in three months, right? And they also said that they're still on track to meet their goal of delivering 25,000 cars this year. So they delivered 1,200 cars in the first three months of the year. And they're saying, "We're don't worry, we're going to deliver uh, 23,000, more than that, 23,000 cars in the final nine months of the year, from 1,200 to, to, 20, to 25,000 in, in nine months. It's going to happen, Rivian says. Well, maybe it does, but even at that, like, that's, that's like you just got to stop and analyze. I mean, that's a lot. The stupidity 000. in this market, and I'm going to keep saying it's pure stupidity. $120 a share. This thing was trading up there forever. And we like never, like, we kept saying, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm not buying it because it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, the market cap of this freaking company was worth more than General Motors. I mean, they don't make cars. Like, they, they, like they haven't even started making cars at this point. It was pre revenue. Like yeah. the hype, you know, the same thing with the DWAC to Twitter comparison yesterday. But I mean, what was the market cap of Rivian at the very high? Oh, like how much? Let's go look. Like what's the market cap today? The market cap today is still ridiculous. Like there's an argument that this could be like five bucks, you know, on uh, if you were really doing it from a valuation perspective. But, you know, they got the growth. They got the story. So we're not just going to get crazy here. But. I mean, you think growth, it's cheaper? Twenty five thousand cards is growth. I mean, well, they, yeah, from zero to twenty five thousand, it's make? super growth, it's Joel. Be... <laughs> it's right. infinite growth. Right. The the Rivian it's still be burning cash. Rivian market, the Rivian market cap at its all time high was one hundred fifty three billion dollars. <laughs> it was worth one hundred fifty three billion dollars at its high. What are people on? Are people this stupid? They are. That's just. Uh, I'm tr- I'm so frustrated with this market because it's so dumb. I mean, 150 billion dollars. You know what do you think? They're taking over the automotive industry, and that's all it's going to be. Just like in, just General in, Motors worth 62, so it wasn't even worth more than General Motors. It was worth three times as much as General Motors at the high. Just inject the the lithium straight and the graphite straight into my veins. All right. Just that's what they inject, were in. And you've got to understand, as a long-term investor, you've got to do fundamental research. As a trader, you can trade anything. You want to be in Rivian, it's going from 100 to 120, you're making money, great. But don't get stuck holding the bag when valuation starts to matter. And valuation matters today. And it's still worth $41 billion right now. And they make twenty. They make 1,200 cars? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I'm nothing no, to say no. on any of this. Okay, to be fair, the market cap today is thirty-eight billion. So thirty-eight billion dollars. That's that's from, almost more than Ford. We've gone from one fifty-three to thirty-eight in uh, six months. Yeah. So you say, oh, it's cheap. This should it be thirty-eight billion. Should it be three billion? Should it be two? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Dennis, like the chat is saying, would you buy it for a penny? Yeah, you would. I might not. <laughs> anyways I, whatever it's gonna it just came off it's over 56 to 42 i don't want people coming in oh dennis is so bearish this thing it's going down and the time to sell was four days ago it's 56 to 42 now you need almost a pop to get you know out of this thing but is, is there a is there a bull case here to bring it back to 80 or 100 dollars they gotta start making a lot more cars yeah I'll no but no, no the bull case has nothing to do with rivian and everything to do with the overall market Right, like, like if the whole market turns, Rivian's blast going blast off. Well, maybe, but sometimes no. the market turns. So, so let's just do scenario analysis. And you know, we saw the market turn in two thousand and two, and we saw it go up for six straight years. But so many of those stocks kept going down because they still didn't make sense of those prices. And to Joel's point, Kalina's point, you know, with Cisco, and we've talked about this before too, $85. And, you know, it was it was trading 130 times earnings or something up there. And here we are 22 years later, and it still can't get back to those highs. And it's trading like 12 or 13 times earnings. It took that long. So here's a company that did everything right, grew revenue exponentially over the last 22 years. But because you paid so much for right. it back in 2000, you never got your money back. Great company, but You've got to look at what, how much you're paying for those great companies. It matters, man. I, yes, yes, it does matter. But uh, my point about Rivian going blast off, it, it was more really tied to the fact that we're in a different, it's just a different environment and social media and meme stocks. And it wouldn't shock me for a second. If the market turns, right, and we go back to all-time highs, I think it takes a lot of the a lot of the for sure. It, it, yeah, but it's just a, it's a different dynamic, and I've said this before. It, it's a whole different. Everyone was a winner when this thing was uh, going up, right? Now and everyone's a loser on yep. the way up, and they're trying to get on with it. Then you have the intermediate traders, which you had to move from what thirty three to fifty six. You're already given halfway back. I mean, the people that scooped it up at under forty, and you know, all the way down to the low, they're just scaling out. They have absolutely no bag holder for central. this thing going back to you know going back to fifty, a hundred, hundred and fifty. I mean. You know, there's just too much. The, the the dynamic has changed. The structure, the, you know, the internals. Yeah. Perhaps. You know who made the money on this one? The investment bankers. That's who made the money on this one. That's true. They make uh, it on all mall. So. All right. I, I know. Dennis, that you're, you're down on investment bankers. You're down on investment analysts. You're on institute. What did you call I'm pretty the much insti- down on Wall Street. What did you call the, the institution? <laughs> and, and the participants as well, because I called yeah. them all dumb. Wow. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, who's yeah. that um, That Sesame Street character? Groucho Oscar, or something? Oscar the Grouch? Yeah. 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 That, Oscar. Yeah, Oscar the Grouch. I'm always kind of grouchy. Yes, I'm always yeah. a little bit I love crazy. it, though. I love it. I'm just you saying get all what the I think. Negative, yeah. That's it. I mean, and that's why some people like me. A lot of people don't like me because I speak what I think. So, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I know there are a few tickers in the chat I, th- that I missed them, though. So, uh, so a few people had, had asked uh, for us to talk about them, and I, I had seen them, but I didn't write them down. So, if you drop a ticker in the chat, please do it again because I did not write down what, whatever it was. I saw like a, a handful of them. Uh, AP says Tilray is skyrocketing. I know they had earnings this morning. 
Yeah. Wow. It is. I, I hadn't looked at that in like an hour. Solid. So I, I know it was a my slight. Opinion. Just my I know opinion. it was a slight juice for Tilray, but I didn't realize it was up this much uh, this morning. Yeah. What's the chart? How high did we get, Joel? Uh, we're at the highs of the session right now, 780, just almost a 790 here. Uh, you cleared 750, so that's the good thing. I mean, what what are you going to do in the eight handle here? That's what I'd be interested in. Uh, let's call it eight and a quarter, uh, 823 and 832. There's a couple daily highs for you uh, to keep an eye on. And then after that really opens up to uh, the $9 area, but uh, we'll see. They're still pressing. They're pressing. We'll see. They, if, well, uh, they think eventually they'll get back to $300 a share. Yeah. Well, to go out at two ninety nine. Never going to happen. Never say never. Never. Never, never, never say never. never. They're buying at seven and saying, I'm going to cash out when it's 300 and I'm going to retire. You know, and this is never how it's going work. to happen. Somebody will buy some other company will bit will buy Tilray before that happens. Yeah, and that, that actually sucks when you bought at 300 and you get bought out for 10. That actually never happened. Um, someone asked him well, what we think of uh, Lucid. To just take a guess, the Seahawks play what what Tennis and Joel think of Lucid. Re-roll, rewind the Rivian conversation. Yes. Next. All right. Well, uh, I haven't looked at Twitter this morning. How's it doing? It's quiet. I don't. Yeah, it's not interesting. Again. Okay. Now you're hitting my style here. We got Musk involved. We got a nice pullback here on Twitter happening here from yesterday. I mean, is there a gap to fill below? Yeah. Is it getting back to 40 anytime soon? Not with Musk involved. The stock oh, what about the edit though, button, but... Dennis? What's what that? about the edit button? That is. I, I, I'd be more inclined to buy a pullback on Twitter than I would on a lot of other stuff. But again, I don't know. It's hard when it was 40. I was out there at 55 yesterday. I like that Musk is involved. I'm a big fan of Musk. I, I like that he's involved. I don't think it's a good thing for Tesla either. Like everybody, you know, is you know saying, oh, he's got all kinds of time. But if he's going to start getting more involved with Twitter, and maybe this is just something he's just doing for fun short term, too. So we don't even know. It's hard to know. Uh, I mean, he, he literally bought Twitter shares every single day from January 31st wow. through the end of March. Wow. Or I guess through Friday. Uh, so April 1st. But he bought the stock every day for two, for two months. Is this good for Tesla? I mean, I he's, so, he's so busy. That guy does. This guy doesn't sleep. He must be the busiest no, person in the whole not, world. He wasn't buying Twitter. His guy was buying Twitter. He, no, I'm just saying. But he's going to be involved now, running Twitter. He's in SpaceX. He's in Tesla. I don't think this guy does more than anyone else in the whole world. Yeah, he's six hours a night. He's unbelievable. I'm yeah. a huge Elon Musk fan. I've never been a huge fan of the Tesla stock as valuation. I've never understood, but I'm a huge Elon Musk fan. And, you know, you think if SpaceX was public, it would have got investors. Now, all of a sudden, Elon Musk is involved in Twitter. I don't, don't know. I, I think I'd be a buyer of the Twitter pullback. Maybe not necessarily today, but at a certain point in time, if we start to really get ugly in the market, they start just hammering everything down. Twitter gets back to 45. Let's Well, let's not even go 45. What was the low of the move down? Let's go to 46.86. What do you think, Joe? You get to forty-seven? No, I. You load I, up. You're already in it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just on the opposite end of the coin here on this one. I, you sell. I, I was out there with the, the remaining piece sell. of fifty-five yesterday, and I didn't get it. And now I'm just, I don't know. I mean, is it just you know, is this the Elon Musk effect? I mean, this much is this ad? Are they you know they're still the same platform? They still haven't been able to monetize it, I things is. yet. I, I don't. I'd be interested at 40. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't, I mean, if you want to try it here, but once it starts, I don't think you don't think, I don't think so. No, I I wish you get 40. Uh, we haven't done a lunch bat in a while. How about, how about, um, 60 versus 40? No, no, no. That's, how's that fair? It's 49.75. Okay. Air below. 39, 39.75. No lunch bet here. No lunch bet. No lunch bet. No lunch bet. Well, he won't. He won't even give up a twenty cent edge. Like, no lunch bet. I know. Okay. <laughs> but also just rally. Aye. You know, I mean, because he's not going to buy more here. So if you're waiting, and then here's the interesting thing too. Like he came out. Oh, is he passing versus? You know, boom. Yeah. So he, he does it, and then the next day he goes on the board, and then today they announce that he's actually an active investor, and it's going down. I don't know. I think big. I th- this is a bailout. I think for shareholders on this one. And until now, you're five, four, five bucks off the high. So I don't know. I, just, yeah. just my opinion. Tough, and, tough uh, stock to call. It's wild. It's going to be wild. I'd be more inclined to buy a pullback a in this than I would in Rivian. Okay. All right. I definitely you got me there, Dennis. <laughs> I, if I had I like to buy a thousand shares of something. What do they say on CNBC? Fastman, would you rather? I would rather Twitter than Rivian. We stole uh, their game. Some people, a few people asking about banks here. I would just say, watch. Oh, the, the banks are. Oh, it's nine a.m. I'm gonna let you guys. The banks are looking horrible, but I, I'm gonna yeah. hop and uh, I'll catch up with you guys later on. <laughs> Interest rates going up, and the banks cannot go up. That is so interesting in itself. Would I buy a pullback in some banks? I don't have a lot of bank exposure. Maybe. Me neither. Maybe you could talk me into them. But holy macro is the relative strength. Absolutely terrible. I think the banks are foreshadowing something more foreboding, which is that ugly R word. The banks will not do well in a recession. They'll do well in a rising interest rate environment, but they will not do well in a recession. If the Fed can navigate a soft landing, the banks are going to do well. If they can't, then you know everybody who's piling in banks because interest rates are going to go up or sore going to be uh, are going to be disappointed so. uh, as if i needed more reason to be afraid of the banks I, I, on the plane on friday i started reading the big short finally oh great it's, it's been sitting on my shelf for like three years uh and now i'm even more i'm halfway done and i'm even more afraid of the banks so. well we're not in 20 we're not in 2007 <laughs> anymore where they're loaning money to you know i know i know they're giving seven hundred thousand dollar mortgages to tomato pickers that make seven bucks an hour lending standards are, are not are not quite that <laughs> literally hard, but... they were lending money to people that couldn't make the first payment I, I, yes i know, I know. <laughs> and well it wasn't that yeah it was okay. ridiculous Whatever. wall street right there in a nutshell Whatever. so bad Anyway, all right, uh, that'll be a wrap for us today. Uh, let's, let's head on over to live trading where, where they're making day trades live on the show. Ryan, Mitch, Zunaid. Hey, before I go, some housekeeping items. First things first, uh, smash the like button. And so, hey, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, just 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 subscribe. It, it, it doesn't cost anything. It just it's a subscribe button, and uh, it helps us out in the eyes of YouTube. We we do appreciate that. Also, if you want to become a YouTube member, there's that little join button on our YouTube uh, homepage. There, get uh, access to custom emojis and badges and more oh, down the I've line. As well. What? Excellent. Yeah. I never joined it. I you, can join. you can join. Yeah, you, everybody can join. You can Fun. join. Uh, I never even noticed a join button there. Yeah, join. It says join right there. Um, Martin Contreras asking, where's the bot? 
chatbot is in timeout for now. We're trying to figure out how to make the it work. The chatbot. I put everybody. If you use an emoji, you're in timeout. Try, it was trying a to mean bot. How, trying to figure out how to make chatbot not it was a so. a mean uh, bot. Yeah, trying to make, make it not so uh, ban happy. Uh, but it's a work in progress. Um, what else did I want to say? Shoot. Uh, like, subscribe. Hey, check out our upcoming events, guys. The Cannabis Capital Conference is in, in April. The Finswick Conference is in May. Links and discount codes for tickets to both of them are in the description of this video. Check it out. Um, come hang out with us. Come hang out with Mike Tyson and uh, do all that fun Iron stuff. Mike, I'm telling you, I want to eat those gummy ears. Yeah. Eat the gummy ears with Mike. You can do it. Uh, so Genius. thanks to our guest today, Joel Kalina. Thanks to all of you in our chat for bearing with us with the uh, some audio glitches early on in the hour. We appreciate that. I'm going to end the stream now. Redirect you over to live trading. Ryan, Mitch, Zunaid, uh, thank you for watching. And please remember, remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Thank you very much for watching. Good luck at the open. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.